Hi, friends. Welcome to Pockets Full of Soup, the storytelling show. I'm your host, Jared Petty. We are back and we're better than ever. Well, better than ever. I don't know. I, am I better than ever? Am I worse than ever? I don't know how I am, but I do know what's better for you. And ladies and gentlemen, that is our guest this week. That's right. The host with the most. Yeah, people say the host with the most a lot. You know why? Because it's fun <laughs> to say, but also because in this rare and wonderful case, it's actually true. Our guest today, professional host extraordinaire. Who are you, good person? Oh my gosh, what an intro. I don't even know um, what to say after that. Uh, my name's Jackie, Jackie Jing, and um, I have been a host for roughly three years now in the video game industry um, and anime industry. And I, before that, was a TV news anchor. So, um, I've done a lot of on-camera work. So yeah, Jared, I'm so sorry. I just realized, should I close the door? I live near an airport and is that, is that loud? I mean, I didn't hear it, but why don't you close it to be sure? I think Okay, that's just sorry, fine. sorry. Don't I'm be a, sorry I at just, all. I Here thought it might Marcus be full soup, Ladies and gentlemen, we are, we are ready for any and all emergencies up to and including airplanes flying through our guest set. This just in, ladies and gentlemen, airplane just threw Flew through her bedroom where she's recording and out the other side. Yes. Actually, this is more of a living room, isn't it? This isn't a bedroom here. No, this is my room. Oh, this is your room? Oh, you yeah. have such cool things in your room. I know. It's kind of, it's a little extra. I obviously like the color purple in case you haven't picked that up. Um, and yeah, my room is basically my workspace. I have like my streaming setup here and then I have another setup for shooting video, you know, whatever. And, um, yeah, there's just all these lights and anime and video game memorabilia behind me. So, um, it's my happy, it's my happy place for sure. <laughs> you do look like you're like right now, like you are podcasting. And of course folks can't see cause this is audio, but you look yeah. like you're inside like the beating soul of Twitch. There's so much purple going on. Also, you're in cosplay right now on the call. You were doing a shoot today. And I you're am. also purple right now. Yes. Yeah, I'm uh, dressed up as Hinata from Naruto. Um, you know what? I just miss conventions. I miss dressing up. And um, my friend who's a decent photographer was around and I was just like, you know, she took some nice photos of me uh, in nice dresses. And I was like, do you want to do a quick cosplay shoot? She was like, sure. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to pull it out. And then I knew we had our podcast set up and I was like, Jared won't mind if I show up in Hanada cosplay. So here I am, folks. It's pretty spectacular Hi. too. It's, 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 a, it's a really neat costume. I love Folks that have the courage to cosplay, I, I I very rarely do. I I if I can like cover my entire self, I've you know I can put on a costume, but I don't think I can ever really cosplay. I've done uh, I've done Baymax, which is kind of he's kind of my id. He's like my um, my inner person. Um, yeah. But uh, I, he, you're you're a friendly healthcare professional. But yeah, you got a lot going on. <laughs> you are. If people want to see your cosplay pics, are these going to be on your Instagram or? or? Yeah, actually, um, I post a lot of content on my Patreon, actually, patreon.com slash Jackie Jing. Um, very fortunate to have a lot of photographer friends. I live in Los Angeles. So like, there's just like a ton of them out here, you know? So they're always like, Hey, can I take photos of you? And 
it was like, I would post one photo on Instagram and I was like, this is such a waste of of like a great photo shoot, you know? So I just started um, giving access to cosplay shoots, casual shoots, like, and also, you know, you have a Patreon too, but it's like your own little community. Um, Mm -hmm. They call me the Empress and I call it my Jing dynasty and they're my Jing dynasty warriors. And, you know, I post updates on there every day, like, good morning, good night. And this is what I'm working on today. And try to give them a real like inside look at my life and just some extra special content. So um, the whole shoot will be available on patreon.com slash Jackie Jing. But yeah, like if you're a fan, and, um, I hate that word. I'm like, if you're a fan, but I don't know, like I love interacting with people, you know? So that's like the best place to interact with me is on patreon.com. I don't mean to be like doing a plug here, but, um, I know like well, a lot why of people, not? I, well, I mean, you're, Jackie, you're a freelance host. I mean, I, I think yeah. a lot of people can't comprehend. I, I certainly can't what, what that's like. You, you are a person who takes freelance jobs, uh, high profile freelance jobs, but you're constantly finding new work. You, 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 you do cosplay, you do yeah. anime hosting, you do yeah. video game events, you do all. And just recently we found out you're the host of E3 this year, which is just That's amazing. Wild. Congratulations. Oh my gosh. Even you saying that like just hits differently. I, um, you know, I was telling you before the call, I literally did not think that that was going to happen at all. Um, I, I'm not lying. Like I literally was not even anticipating that in the slightest. Like I, I just, it wasn't even on my radar remotely. Um, and I'm with character select agency and they represent like some of the biggest names in esports easily hands down without a doubt. Um, and there's so many people that I was just like, they're obviously going to put those people in for those, for that sort of position. And maybe they would want me for an ancillary role, maybe like a reporter or some pre-recorded stuff, you know? Um, I, I literally did not think for a second and, um, like, I don't know how much into detail I'm supposed to go into this. Cause they told us like, you know, everything's like top secret right now. And they're like sorting everything out. But, um, you know, it was, it was a huge surprise. Um, I'm still a little bit emotional about it because, you know, I, I still can't believe like how, how things have progressed over the last three years. I, uh, I came out here to LA with this wild dream and I was kind of ready for it to just be bust and blow up and not happen, but I just wanted to at least come out here and try. And, um, I really don't know how long this wild ride is going to continue, but I feel so fortunate for every day that I get a gig. And, um, you know, like you were talking about being freelance, the hustle is real, you know, um, you, you think you're with a game and you think that, um, you know, community loves you dearly. And I'm not saying that, that they stop loving you or anything, but it's just like, things happen and you're, you're suddenly off of that. You know what I mean? And then you're like searching for a new gig and it's just like, you're constantly, frankly, like anxious and nervous, you know? But, um, I think that I've really come to believe that what's supposed to find you will find you. And, um, I know for a fact that I'm a survivor and like, whatever is going to happen is, is going to happen. And like, I can get through it, you know, but, um, 
it's, it's scary. It's scary being a freelance host, but I, I just think that like, I've really put a lot of faith in God and the universe. Um, obviously I want to talk about my brother today. You know, I, I have conversations with him all the time. I hope people don't think I'm crazy for saying that, but you know, he's always like, just like, I'm proud of you. And I, I just like, just keep on believing in yourself, you know, cause there's so many days where I'm just like, am I good enough? Um, and there's so many people doing this that are better than me. Um, you know, there, there's just there, I have negative thoughts just like everybody else does, you know? And then, um, he is someone I turn to, even though like, he's not physically here, you know, like I can hear his voice still. And he's just like, don't stop. Keep believing in yourself, have faith, you know, like, and, um, there are tough days in this industry. There are really tough days in this business, but, um, I believe I'm here for a reason. And this, this whole E3 announcement, like it was such an emotional day for me because I, I was just like, I can't, I, I really, I'm not joking. Like I, I did not think it was going to happen at all. And I'll be honest. I think a lot of people were like, who is this? <laughs> you you know, think that? Really? Like, yeah. Huh? I, I, I appreciate the fact I, I want to unpack a couple of things here. First off, I, I want you to know how much I appreciate you being willing to simultaneously share the aspect of fear and humility and joy and self-doubt all at the same time that come <laughs> with what you're doing right now. I, You're not the first person in this space to express that to me, but you're among the first people I've heard talk about it in, in a public setting. Um because I, I'm very fortunate. I get to know a lot of people who do really cool things for a living. A lot of them doing things like on-camera work or production or, or writing and, or, or game development. And those things you just expressed are, are things I hear a lot. Humility, self-doubt combined, almost mm -hmm. an imposter feeling, mm -hmm. plus joy at the opportunity and a wild ride and the happiness of getting to interact with people and do something you love, plus terror and exhaustion at the constant need to keep moving to keep swimming so you don't feel like you're sinking and the fact that all those can coexist and work thank you for being willing to share that here with folks who are listening you want to know why i'm so willing to share that stuff um jared it's actually because of you i remember when I, we started following each other before I even broke into the gaming industry. Uh, I think we like somehow, I think you just saw that I was into nerdy stuff, even yep. though I was a TV news reporter and, um, we just like somehow got linked through that. And then obviously I followed you cause I was just like, oh my God, he's into nerdy stuff and he's awesome. And he's so sweet. But, um, and I don't want to hate on TV news in, in any way, like that is its own beast. And there are people who absolutely love it and thrive at it. Um, but it was definitely, not for me. And, um, I'm, you know, everything worked out the way it does. And I'm really happy that I got the experience in TV news that I did because it made me the person and host that I am today. Um, but one, one gripe, one issue I always had with working in TV news was that they really didn't want you to express yourself. Like they really wanted you to be, I'm trying to think of the right word. They really just wanted you to be neutral and, um, and they wanted people to like you. And so you really couldn't do anything that was like too 
jarring or unusual, you know? And I remembered you would post about your mental health all the time on Twitter. And it was very shocking to me, you know, like I was like, oh, wow. Like this person is, is so candid and so honest. We hadn't even met yet, you know? And, um, I had so much unresolved trauma and I, I still have, I'm still working through it, you know, with my brother's death and with my childhood and, you know, we all got our, our stuff. Right. Um, but I would never in a thousand years have thought of putting it on Twitter, you know? And then, um, I literally like saw you putting this stuff on social media and I was like, you know, seeing him talk about this helps me and makes me feel like I'm not alone. And so I started to post little bits and pieces because of you, Jared, actually. And, um, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't think I've ever told you that, which is funny. I I mean, like, I don't even know how I would have brought that up to be honest, but, um, you were, and, and then, you know, I started to get more into the gaming industry and I noticed more and more people, you know, like that, but it's like, I wonder if they were inspired by you as well, because we have a similar circle of friends. Um, but after you did that, I have become, I, I don't want to annoy people, but I, I actually enjoy talking about my brother's passing because I want people to know that like death is real and it hurts and it's painful and it will transform you, you know? Um, and, and I think with the topic of death, like people are, are and mental health, like these are just topics that people just get so uncomfortable about. And then they just like harbor all of this on the inside. So I try to be as vocal about it as I possibly can, because like, I want people to know, like, you're not alone. Yeah. You're definitely not alone. And I think that sometimes people are like, you know, I, I have a podcast too. It has nowhere close to the viewer amount that you do. It's me just rambling. I usually just turn on the camera and I'm like, hello, I, how do I feel today? You know, but um, I like talking about, my mental health and self-discovery. And people are always like, wow, I didn't think you were going to talk about that, like on your podcast and stuff. And I was, I'm just like, why not? You know, like I spent, I spent, I'm 34 now. And I spent probably, I don't I think maybe just the last couple years, I really feel like I've been extremely open, you know, mm. and that's sad. Just what? two years of my, my life, I've been I've been open about like how I feel about things. And Jared, you're a big reason why I am. So I, you I, rock. I didn't know any <laughs> of this. And I'm going to thank you for being, thank you for validating the Aww. decision. Uh, and thank you. I, I care a lot about you. You're a pretty amazing human being. Um, I'm very fond of you. And uh, I, I'm kind of, kind of thunderstruck and don't know what to say. It took me a long time to be able to talk about, my issues too and when i did it was purposeful and it was kind of hoping that it might help somebody so thank you this is i really appreciate it i i actually think it's what you're sharing here about about ian and this we're kind of coming let's just get right into it pockets is a place where we talk about people we're thankful for so you Mm -hmm. said i want to talk about my brother jackie let's let's talk about ian and why you're thankful for him and and let just let you tell that story so that the folks listening can can have that context and understand how you reached where you are today and what he had to do with that. So let, let's start there. Tell me about Ian um, and uh, what you first remember about him. 
Gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, so Ian and I were a year apart and honestly, for most of our life, people called us twins, um, because we were roughly the same height and we looked really similar and we were just really close in age, you know? Um, but I frankly do not remember a moment of my life without him until he passed away. You know, we were, we were best friends. We're extremely close. Um, literally childhood memories of, um, you know, playing little games together and like, you know, playing with our stuffed animals and, you know, my mom cutting birthday cake for us when we were super small. Like I have little glimpses of that, like the earliest parts of my life, you know? Um, but honestly, one of my most favorite memories with Ian, and I probably recall this all the time was when my dad brought home the SNES for the first time. Um, because gosh, my dad had no idea that that was going to affect the rest of our lives the way that it did, you know, like, he's like, I'll buy this thing at the toy store. Like it shouldn't turn into a deep obsession or anything. I'm sure they'll play with it for a little bit and never touch it again. Gosh, did he not know what he signed up for? So, um, I remember it vividly. My brother and I were sitting like anxiously in front of the little TV and it was literally like. I don't know, a foot by a foot, it really yeah. tiny TV, you know, and my dad was plugging it all in. And, and we were just like, what is this thing? And then when he started the power super Mario world came up and I just, I still remember my brother's face and we were both like, what is this? You know what I mean? Cause it was so colorful and it was so beautiful. And we were like, Aww. What is what are these creatures? You know what I mean? Um, I remember I vividly remember Yoshi. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was like, he's so cool, you know? And um, literally my brother and I, we became obsessed with video games after that, you know. Um, how old do you think you were at this time? Roughly? We had to have been like six or seven. Like I'm I'm talking real little, yeah. you know. So um, this was and- just formative. Suddenly there's this other world that's on the screen, the universe changes, and this is something so union bonded over video games in addition to it to a lot of other things. Oh my gosh. I mean, um, you know, I'm, I, again, I'm trying to work on being like more open about my, my life. And I've been pretty candid that I was bullied really badly when I was younger. And my, um, brother was bullied really badly. And, um, you know, I, I love my parents to death. I have really good relationships with my mom and dad now, but, um, you know, they're human and their life was not easy. And, you know, we had, we had a, a rough childhood, Um, and Ian and I, our safe space became video games, Hmm. you know, like it was the only place where we could go, where we could escape from just constant pressure everywhere else. You know what I mean? It was just everywhere else. It was just like, you were feeling anxiety to the most. And then it would be like, he and I would just go down to the basement and we would, turn on the Super Nintendo or the N64 or the GameCube or the Sega Genesis or the Dreamcast, like whatever phase of our life we were in at that point, you know, and um, we, we would just escape for hours. We would, we played Chrono Trigger and Illusion of Gaia so much. We could literally say the words of it back and forth to each other before they started coming up on the screen. Um, and then we would, you know, when we were really tiny, we would go out to the backyard and pretend we were like Sonic the Hedgehog and I was tails. You know what I mean? Like we were just, we were obsessed. Oh, Um, did you get stuck being tails? I was tails. I was always player number two. And you know what? Like, I remember I kind of had hangups about it sometimes because he was better than me at video games and it Uh. it drove me nuts. Like, you know, like I, y'all know I played like 
division one volleyball. I tried to go pro in my twenties. Like I'm a very competitive person. And my brother was always way better than me in video games. Like I just, he just had a, he had a knack for it, you know? Um, and he also put in a lot of hours. Like he, I always jokingly say that he was like the South park world of Warcraft episode where like Cartman's mom comes by with like the poop bucket. I was like, if Ian had the option, like he would have just like, he would have stayed in his room for a week straight and never turned off the PC. Like he loved playing video games, you know? Um, but yeah, like, I don't know, like we, a lot of my fondest memories with him are just video game related, you know, but, um, so that was your place you got away to together and, you talked about bullying. I, where were you at the time? Like, where were you living? So we lived in um, Connecticut for a little bit when I was younger, like really, really young. And I don't remember any bullying there, but we moved to Denver, Colorado. Um, and I just think, you know, we were the new kids, obviously. And I'll be honest, like my mom dressed us up in like Sailor Moon and Power Ranger shirts. And that wasn't cool back then. You know, like at the time I thought like, oh, everyone's going to love this like Sailor Moon shirt. And then I showed up and people were like, what the hell is this? And, you know, like you look like this weird character. And I was just like, I don't get it. Like, you know, and and uh, oh, gosh, the Power Rangers. I like to this day, I'm like, it's just crazy to me how how now, you know, being a nerd, I mean, like you see it's cool, you know? And for me and my brother, like we, we like got made fun of pretty brutally for it. You know, um, I literally and- just bought a power Rangers t-shirt. Did you really? A couple of days ago. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I was so excited to find it, but you're right. There, there was a time, I think people that weren't there don't understand the stigma that used to be attached to a fascination with certain things at certain ages. Yeah. There are new stigmas now that I don't understand, but the ones from our time were largely built around those product affiliations. We we came from a very consumeristic age and yes. people were trying to sell us things. But if you weren't being sold the right things, boy, you were ooh, you were in trouble. Uh, and and yep. there was a lot of that. So you and Ian had to put up with that. And you grew up and you remained close as you grew up? Yeah. So, um, when we were in middle school, I think we started to grow a little bit, uh, distant because it was just like, we want to be cool. Like, you know what I mean? And it was just like, we were kind of like trying to do our own thing. And I think in high school that kind of, kind of continued, but no matter what, in the end, we were brother and sister, you know what I mean? And, and straight up, you know, we would always watch anime and play video games together. So maybe like at school, we'd be like a little too cool for each other. But then when we came home, we we're like, okay, do you want to watch anime? Like, do you want to play video games? So it's like, I don't know. I kind of like look back in that and laugh. Cause you know, it's just like when you're a preteen and a teenager, you're trying like so hard to be cool. And I remember we would like try to watch like TRL or whatever, like the cool kids were doing. And then we were both just like, do you want to just watch anime? Like, <laughs> where's where's the Yu Yu Hakusho tape? Yeah, that's okay. Yes, exactly. Oh my god. And uh it was, you know, like I it it makes me happy because like that was kind of like what kept us bonded even when society was trying to t- take us apart. Because I'll be honest, we had a big division because I hit a phase in high school where I was like, F you and I to like the popular kids, and I became very punk rock and like you know, was having my rebellious phase. And Ian was a extremely handsome, tall football player, you know, and he was like, 
oh, my sister, you know what I mean? Like he was like embarrassed by me, I think a little bit. But then, like I said, when we would come home, it was always like, we love each other, whatever. You know what I mean? So you remained, um, you remained tight uh, despite high school doing what it did in the end. It was yes. together and that continued. You went on, you mentioned you, 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 uh, you went to college, you played ball, you, you, you went close to going pro. You still play beach volleyball on the weekends. Oh my uh, God. I play every day, Jared. I'm yeah. nuts. Okay. I sometimes play. play twice a day. I'm well, like, it's, it's my my other safe space besides video games. It's like an anime. It's volleyball. So oh, you do look like like I see pictures of you on on your Instagram, and you look like a Windjammers character. Like when you're <laughs> when you're at the beach, you 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 absolutely like you should be in Windjammers too. Oh my god, like, I love you know, it. I wish. Yeah, um, you, I'm a beach girl, a hundred percent. So and eventually, you became a, a professional broadcaster. What what did Ian choose to do vocationally? So, um, you know, Ian and I, when I went away to college, like we obviously grew distant because I was away in college, but we still like talked frequently, you know? Um, and like, I, I have a lot of hangups about going to school on the other side of the country, um, for working on the other side of the country, because I, I loved him so much. And, uh, he, was going through a really dark time. Um, I just kind of like, I know your question is about what he was doing vocationally, but I kind of just want to like say that, you know, when he was in high school, he, you know, he started drinking and I didn't start drinking until I went to college. And that was because I was so unpopular that nobody invited me to parties in high school. So I like, didn't experience that, but, um, Ian was, he was extremely popular. Um, and he actually held some parties at my mom's house and she would call me when I was at college and be like, Ian has all these people in the basement. And I'd be like, Oh my gosh. But he was like, you know, he, people think I have like a big magnetic personality. My brother was like the life of the party made everyone smile and laugh all the time, you know? Um, but he had a really dark side that people didn't see. And well, let's talk um, about that. If you don't mind me asking. Of course. Yeah. Side, because there is um, this hard element to, to the story and I've, I've tried to kind of ease us toward it, but I think we're getting there. Um, yeah, no, of course. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people aren't into astrology. I'm super into astrology. I'm an Aries to a T like fiery, um, no filter say and do everything that I want, you know? Um, and my brother was a Gemini, which if anybody knows anything about Gemini, it's like, they are like considered the most talkative of all the signs. And they're literally the life of the party. And they light up a room when they walk in, they're just like pure energy. Um, they're also have two sides to them. And it was, Ian was either absolutely entrancing everybody, or he would be locked up in his room. It would be completely dark he'd be playing video games. I would go in there and try to talk to him be like, yo, you want to watch some anime? You want to hang out? And he just like, wouldn't even talk to me. And I'd be like, okay. You know, at the time I didn't really, we didn't understand mental health the way that we do now, you know? So I'd be like, well, he's in a bad mood. Um, Ian had clinical chronic depression without a doubt. And he had crippling social anxiety more than I've ever seen. And you would never believe it because he literally would set a room on fire when he walked in. But, um, we were seeing signs of that, I think as early as like him being like 13, 14, you know what I mean? Like as soon as he started entering high school, but like for my mom and my dad, um, 
you know, they just thought it was a phase or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like I said, he was very popular and he started drinking in high school. And one of his friends was like, you know, Ian was drinking at the party and he got really blacked out. And they were like, and he was just like crying hysterically. And like the whole party was just kind of like, didn't know how to react, you know? And, um, right then and there, like that should have been a giant, like he needs help, you know, but at the time, my family was like, oh, he's drinking. He's a high school kid. Like he got yeah. a little bit too drunk. You know what I mean? And it's uh, honestly the toughest part about Ian's story is hindsight's 2020. And that, and that's another reason why you tell him, you know, I, you're like, you're so open. And I'm like, because I hope someone hears this. And if they see these signs in someone else that they don't blow it off, you know, and, and, um, I've talked to parents of, um, of other addicts and, uh, they've been like, I just didn't want to see it. You don't want to see your son or your brother falling apart. So you just like kind of turn your back to it. Cause you're like, there's no way he's deteriorating in front of me, you know? And I think it was just like hard to look at the truth with Ian, you know, it was hard to see that he was, I want to say slowly cracking, but it really became rapid, you know? it became rapid. It was like really hardcore drinking turned into, um, really hardcore marijuana use. And then, um, he was trying every single drug under the sun because he did not know what love was coming from the home that we came. I think like, honestly, he and I were like, we, we only knew love because of our relationship. You know what I mean? It was like, we didn't understand what that meant from a parent, you know, and we definitely didn't know what that meant from a friend because all of his friends were fake people who just wanted to use him for partying, you know, and, uh, I didn't have any friends, <laughs> you know what I mean? So my, my friends were anime and video games, you know? Um, so he tried to find love. He tried to find happiness. He tried to fill this void, um, with drugs. And honestly, like it, it drugs scare me so much because Ian and I, we lived the same childhood. You know what I mean? We were a year apart. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and went through a lot of the same trauma, but it affected him so much differently than me. And he just got into drugs a lot heavier than I like ever, you know, like I, I, I think I knew myself, like I'm a big personality. Like I don't need any, anything, you know what I mean? But for him, he slowly went down that road and it just took over his life and, and do, drugs do are frightening it, to me. Do you think it began as self-medication? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think, um, you know, like I, I don't want to, um, again, like I think mental health is so tough because I think different tactics work for different people. You know, mm -hmm. he was put on a lot of different prescription drugs and they were always mixing it up and switching it up. And I think that also made him really feel like, okay, well, this made me feel better for a little bit and this, and then he just tried to, to find his own concoction that kind of worked, you know? Yeah. I, I medical medical responses for different people are different ways. I mean, there's a reason medicine's one of the arts and not one of the sciences in most curriculums because yeah. different people react different ways to medicine. One of the hardest, most consistent things as a, as a mental health patient I've noticed is people's difficulty with the patience of drug tweaks. When you have electrochemical imbalances in your brain, 
certain drugs can change that in positive ways. As a matter of fact, it effectively has the same effect on your brain that going to therapy a long time does. Your brain starts to rewire itself. The meds just do it quicker very often. But everyone reacts differently to certain meds in certain amounts. And so it takes time. And a lot of people understandably lose patience with that process as you're trying to find the right mix for the moment. Mm-hmm. I can't speak for Ian at all, but I do know that's a fairly common frustration with people on meds. Meds have changed my life. And I recommend you go to a doctor and talk about them if, if you're having mental health issues, because they can make things really good. Mm-hmm. But you do have to be aware of the fact that sometimes it takes time and it's hard. And then some people do choose to self-medicate. When Jackie, if you don't mind me asking you, so, you know, he's drinking in high school and then you, when did you begin to understand that your brother's drug use had become a defining aspect of his life? So um, he, my brother was, um, like I always say, he looked like Keanu Reeves. He was 6'3". He was like a great football player. Um, he was smarter than me. I took all advanced classes, I think, except for a couple, he had to take all advanced classes and be like a grade ahead. You know what I mean? Like, it was just always like, he was like the younger sibling who just like somehow was better than me at everything. And I was like, gosh, darn it. Like, you know, but I loved him. Like I, he was great, you know? And I, I was just like, so proud of him. I was like, my brother is super smart, super athletic. Everybody loves his personality. Like, you know what I mean? I was, he was great. Um, and then his senior year of high school, like he suddenly started getting Fs mm-hmm. and we were like, huh? You know, like I, I got a, I graduated with a 3.5 and my parents were like, seriously, you're going you're gonna to come home with this. And then I was like, well, sorry, Ian over here, Mr. Perfect, you know, like coming home with like 3.89s or whatever, you know what I mean? Like he was super smart and, and he suddenly started getting Fs and I was like, what's going on? You know? And, and, and again, um, we had yearbook together. Um, I would, and I remember like, he, I was like, just like, how, how are you getting an F in yearbook? You know what I mean? Like, no offense, but I was just like, how are you getting an F in yearbook? And, um, he just like really didn't have an answer for me. And I just remember being like frustrated and, and, and confused and lost, you know what I mean? And, um, and again, warning sign like this is a complete 180 from what you're used to in that person you know and that should have been a big warning sign then regardless ian was so intelligent that he got through he graduated you know what i mean even despite failing like he ended up like i think maneuvering every grade somehow to passable you know what i mean like just at the last second and kind of getting it together and i think also with the help of my you know my family like myself we were like okay like helping him study and trying to get him through you know Um, and then, and then when he went to college, he was going on recruiting visits for like really good colleges. And then he would come back and be like, the recruiting visit went terribly. And, um, like the coaches would talk to my dad and be like, he acted like he didn't want to be there. He was like in a really bad mood. And like, why would we have your son come here? Even though he's super athletic, like he was obviously displaying, mental health issues. You know what I mean? But the, the coaches took it as like disrespect, you know what I mean? And, um, 
it was a cry for help, to be honest. And then again, like my, I'm sure my dad and myself and some other, like, were like, what's going on? You just had an official visit at Brown university. Like, you know what I mean? Like what's, what's the disconnect here, you know? And for him, he just would be quiet and he would just like, not really be responsive. And we would just be like, I don't know, you know? And then, um, he did end up getting, um, I think some sort of scholarship to Amherst college. And we were like, this is a pretty good school in the Northeast. You know, he could have gone D1. He could have gone to um, some Ivy League schools, but like at least we got him to into a pretty good school at that point, you know, and he flunked out in the first semester and he had to come home. And we were and it was just like, you know, I mind you, while this is all going on, I'm in college myself, you know, so like I'm just getting calls from my parents being like Ian couldn't like he's coming home. And I would, I'd be like, I call him, I'd be like, what's going on? Da, 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 you know? And it would just be like, he'd be so withdrawn. He'd be so unresponsive. You know what I mean? And I was like, this is not the person that I grew up with who is my best friend, you know? And, um, I think he ended up telling my dad that he had gotten into heroin, you know what I mean? And, um, and then we were Im- immediately like, what can we do like to help him, you know? And, um, it was a long battle with heroin for Ian. It lasted roughly 10 years. He probably started around when he was 18 and he passed away when he was 28. And, um, there was a lot of highs and lows. There were, we were roommates in our twenties. And during that time period, I think he was really good. I was a traffic girl in Denver, actually. So we lived together in Denver And that was like one of the high points, you know what I mean? Like he was not using, and if he did mess up, you know, I was always like, Ian, you're human. Like just next time, you know, like, you know, don't like try not to, but you're human. It's okay. Cause he would have so much guilt about coming to me, you know, his best friend and being like, uh, Jackie, I, I, I beeped up. Like I, you know, and, and I'd be like, you didn't, it's fine. Like, you know, we're happy you're alive. Like, let's just you know, next time, you know, there's, let's just be happy that there's, you know, a time for you to like, try to get this right, you know? And then I went away to work in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, cause I got a job as a morning anchor and, um, I, I feel a lot of guilt about this, you know, like I went away for a better job opportunity and thought he was doing better. And he just went downhill again, you know? And then, um, I moved to new Orleans and we wanted him to, co- I wanted him to come live with me in new Orleans. Cause like, I knew he was really struggling and I got a new job out there as a morning anchor in the TV news industry. You work in places for like two, three years and you move on really quick, you know? So mm-hmm. I got like a, a new gig and I, I was like, okay, like come out here. Cause there was no way I was going to convince him to move to Cincinnati. No offense. Love you y'all out there. But like, you know, like new Orleans, I was like, maybe I can get him to move out to new Orleans. And, um, basically Ian wasn't ready to change, you know, like he didn't want to change his life at that point. And, um, I don't want to say that like he gave up because he didn't, like he wanted to battle heroin, but it's just like, it's so it's it is a trap that none of us will understand. You know what I mean? Like if you haven't done that, like you will never understand the physical 
clutch it has on you, you know, and the mental clutch and everything. It just, it, it had him like, so, so hard. Yeah. For people um, who aren't familiar, can can you briefly explain the physical addiction of heroin? uh, Yeah, of course. I mean, like whenever he would try to get off of it, um, he would be like having severe withdrawal symptoms for, I mean, days and, um, it's, it's, it's cringeworthy pain. Like, you know, like they would literally at some of the rehabilitation centers, like, you know, he would be set up with an IV and like medical attention. You know what I mean? Like it, it is not by any means, like getting over the flu or something, you know what I mean? Like it is like literally tearing at your insides, tearing it inside your mind. Like it is torturous pain. And I think a lot of times he was afraid to get off of heroin because he just didn't want to go through that withdrawal. You know what I mean? I think he even there was times where he was like using just the bare minimum just to get by. But it was just like he just didn't. He It was just so horrifying to think just going cold turkey, you know? So he didn't move out to New Orleans to be with me. But the last six months of his life, he was astonishing. Like it was honestly I was like. Ian's going to do this. Like he is going to not, he's going to stop doing heroin. Like I could just, I could tell because he was so determined. Like one of the last things he said to me was Jackie, like, I want to live, like, don't give up on me. And I was like, I'll never give up on you. Like, why would you even think that, you know? And he's like, I want to live so badly. He like, you don't understand. And, um, the last six months of his life, like he was off of heroin and he was living with my dad in Myrtle beach and, um, he was doing okay. Like he got a job at Chipotle, which you asked him what his vocation was. Like he was one of the smartest people I ever knew and he could never hold a job, you know? So like, we were proud of him. He got a job at Chipotle as a cook. And he was like, really just trying to like get by and he was not using heroin. And then, um, one night he, took his, um, anxiety meds and he drank a cocktail and, um, he didn't wake up the next day. And the coroner was just like, it was a bad combination. You know what I mean? Like he shouldn't have drank the cocktail with, the with the anxiety meds. And, uh, his heart was so weak because he had had three near overdoses, you know, like he literally was like dead. And my mom, had to do CPR on him and somehow brought him back to life. And then there was two other instances very similar to that. Like his body was, he was 28 years old, but his body was like, he was very skinny, really frail. Like you could tell his body had just been through so much, you know? And so they just were like, his body couldn't withstand that. And to be honest, like I went crazy after because you know, obviously this is my brother and my best friend. And I was like, did he kill himself? Like what happened here? You know, like I went nuts. And so I broke into his, his emails and I checked all of his messages and there was nothing like he played video games. He bought some stuff on Amazon and he would like went to bed at four in the morning, you know? And we, you know, we checked his prescription. We're like, did he take a lot more than he was supposed to? And it was just like, no, they were just said that he shouldn't have had the cocktail with the, um, with the meds, you know? And, um, I don't know, like you can only imagine like 
how painful that was. Cause like I said, the last six months of his life, he wanted to live so badly. And he was, his body was falling apart on him. Like he would call me and he'd be like, I'm in a lot of pain just sitting here, Jackie. He was like, my back really hurts. And you know, different parts of his body would really hurt. Like he had a lot of chronic shoulder issues, which is kind of a long story, but like, he'd be like, I'm just falling apart, you know? And I'd be like, keep fighting. Like, cause you're doing so well. And, um, he did, he kept on fighting. And then it just like to lose him like that. Like, you don't understand how much that rocked all of us. Cause we were just like, he wanted to live. Had you been, I want to be careful how I ask this. Had your brother died of an overdose of heroin, would you have been more prepared? Do you think mentally for that based on his life? Or to be you- honest, I feel like it all, everything works out the way it's supposed to, you know, like I said that, like at the beginning of the podcast, like, I'll be honest. I don't think we ever thought Ian would die. Uh, even, and even when we saw him at his lowest of lows and literally my mom brought him back from the dead. I just, for some reason, I was like, Ian will always be there. He's my brother. He's my best friend. He's always been there. My earliest memories of life. I literally see his little face, you know, like I don't even see my own face. Like I remember looking at him and I was playing like, those are the memories in my head. And you um, you just didn't think about, I just never thought he, it would take him. Like, I just, I think you, again, you turn your back to the mental health issue, you know, like you don't want to see your son or your, your brother, like in so much pain. So you're just kind of like, well, it just can't be true. It can't be true. You know? And I think what my family and I told myself was like, there's no way he'll die from this. There's no way he'll die from this. You know, like, I just didn't want to even think that that could happen, you know? So I think that honestly, like, I don't think I would have been prepared at all, no matter what happened. But I think that to me, when we found out the way that he went, like, I was like, at least he vanquished heroin. You know what I mean? Like in the end, you could say that heroin killed him for sure. Like Mm -hmm. it, it wrecked his body. You know what I mean? It, it wrecked his mind. It, (laughs) It took a decade of his life and then took, you know, you could argue that it took his life, but it makes me, you know, proud of Ian that like in the end, like he was really trying to live, you know, like I'm proud of him, you know, and I'm, and I'm not saying like, you know, everyone goes in different ways and there's, and I think it ever, like I said, everything happens for a reason. This was just the way Ian went, you know, um, in ways you know, like, I don't know, I guess I'm just like, I have never, I, honestly, that question, I've never really thought about that. I think that for me, it's just like, it played out the way that it played out. And I just knew that I had like, after he passed away, like it just, it gave my life new meaning. Like I was like, I, I didn't even like look back on it like that much. I think it was just kind of like, what do we do now? You know, I don't know if that makes sense. It does. Okay. Sorry. I've never been, I've never been in your place, but yeah, I think, um, I think you're conveying what you were thinking and feeling pretty clearly. What's, um, 
What's it like loving an addict, Jackie? Honestly, it was like, it had it ups, its ups and downs, you know, like, um, obviously like he was still a normal human. So he would be like, you know, when we were roommates, like we would play video games, we would watch anime, we would watch, um, like football, we would, you know, make dinner together. We would do normal things together and be fine. You know what I mean? But then, you know, there were times where he would suddenly be missing and I would be like, Hmm, this is like kind of suspect. And I would be hitting him up. My parents would be hitting him up. And then we would find ourselves in a frustrating situation again. You know what I mean? We'd be like, he would be like, Oh, okay. Like I slipped up or, you know, we would hear some sort of story. And I think honestly, we were pretty, we were always forgiving and loving, you know what I mean? Um, but it was, it by no means, can I say that it was, it was easy. Like, you know, there were the times where he was absolutely normal, but there were times that like, I couldn't even describe in words to you, the scenes that I remember vividly involving Ian, because they're just like too horrific. Like there were like moments where it was literally his body, but like the voice and the actions were not him. Like it was a monster or it was something unrecognizable. Like I I was just like, and I think anyone who has seen that in person, like they know, they'll know exactly how I feel because you know, that's not them. Like that was not Ian. You know what I mean? Like it's like, it looks like Ian, but it was his mind and soul were not there at all. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it was, it was, it was, it was traumatizing. Um, it was honestly breaks my heart more for him than for, for like what I had to go through. Like I, I always, people will always, uh, like ask me about this and I'll be like, oh my gosh, Ian's death destroyed my life. You know, like it destroyed me. It, I've never, ever felt a pain like that. And I wouldn't wish that pain on anyone. And the pain that I felt paled in comparison to the pain that Ian felt like, I will never understand what he went through. And my pain was really brutal. And it's like, it pales in comparison to what he had to suffer, you know? Yeah. I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that. Because that that leads me to something I really do want to ask you. And this is a hard question. So please, you know, tell me, tell me where to get off on this one. If if I need to. Okay. Mm -hmm. Pockets full of soup. The question we always ask you is tell me about somebody you're thankful for. And Ian, from your description, is the person that you've loved more than anyone in your whole life. And it sounds like a person who was involved in some of the most painful and traumatizing moments of your life. As you put it, when Ian died, that you used the words, I went crazy. When Ian died, you talked about how that molded many of the decisions you've made since. Jackie, what makes you thankful for Ian? Where to start? Oh, thanks for being my best friend. Thanks for uh, helping me get through our childhood, you know. Um, if it wasn't for him, I don't know if I would be as strong as I am now. I don't know if I would actually know what love is. I wouldn't know what it feels like to be protected. You know, like he, uh, 
we saw some brutal stuff as kids, you know, and he, he would literally just protect me and comfort me. Like he cared about me so much. I cared about him so much, you know, and, uh, it was, it's a bond that I've, I've never felt, um, period. Like you said, you know, so like, I thank him for actually showing me what love is like, because for us, it was very much absent from our lives. And that's something I still struggle with a lot, you know, like loving myself and, uh, also bringing loving people into my life. Like I, um, I really, really struggle with that, unfortunately. And um, I, I thank him for giving me strength every day. You know, like I wish I could, everyone thinks I'm like so positive and uh, sometimes it's really hard. You know, like they're really, really hard days. There's really hard mornings. But uh, I can hear his voice and he's like my biggest cheerleader. He was my my biggest cheerleader when he was alive. And uh, he's my biggest cheerleader in his death. You know, like his voice is the one that keeps me moving every day. And I mean, honestly, I, I can't even use words to thank Ian for what he did. Like, um, his death transformed me so much as a person, you know, like, I have so much empathy and sensitivity and, um, and I just things that I thought mattered so much before he passed away. Like I realize how stupid they are now, you know? And, uh, I, I watch this world turn and I see what people are obsessed with and like the arguments people are having. And it just like, I'm like, man, if they just knew like how small those things really are in the grand scheme, you know? Um, I, I miss Ian so much, you know, like, but I'm just grateful I had him for 28 years of my life. Like, I'm just thankful that I had him for the time that I had him. And, uh, he, he's, I'm a hundred percent living for Ian now, you know, like, I hate to say that. Cause like, I wish I could be like, I'm living for me and my dreams. Like it's hard. It's hard to live for me when I think about my life and uh, what I've been through. It's hard for me to be like, yeah, I want to do all these great things. You know, like I don't think like that anymore. Um, I, I think like if Ian was alive, what would he want to do? Mm-hmm. If, uh, I have the choices now, like I need to make those right choices. Like Ian didn't have the opportunities that I have because he was trapped by a monster, you know? And I always think like if heroin hadn't come into his life, like what would have happened, you know? But that's not the way his life played out. So like, I have to live for him and realize that like, I am not crippled by the things that he was crippled with, you know? And so like, I got to thrive for him. Now, let me ask you one follow-up to that, if you don't mind. Thank you, first off, for, for being brave enough to share that. It's extraordinarily candid. And I can't fathom how you're able to be so transparent. You talk about speaking to Ian. 
if you were to tell him what you just told me, that in a lot of ways you're living for him because it's hard to live for you, that you're finding ways to live for him, but you're not so much having luck with finding ways to live for yourself. What do you think you'd say to that second part? I'm just <laughs> So it's funny. Whenever I see Ian, by the way, he's literally uh, playing PC video games. Like he'll just like pop up like somewhere and he'll be like playing PC video games. And he'll just be like, what's up? You know, what's going on? <laughs> you know? And uh, I think he would be like, Jackie, live for you. And he'd be like, I'm so proud of you. And he'd be like, how are you doing all this? Like, what the hell? And um, he would just be like, tell mom and dad, I love them and I miss them. And then I'm watching over our little sister, Fiona, you know, and he'd just be like, I'm always going to be here to guard you and guide you, you know, but like, you're right. Like he, he definitely, he hates when I'm sad. He hates when all of us are sad. And that's why I try so hard to smile and be positive, you know? And, um, you're right. Like I do have to, I have to live my life for me, but I think it's just like, I'm living my life, but it's like, I know how quickly life can be cut short. And I know how torturous life can be because I witnessed what happened to him, you know? So it's oh, like, yeah. he, he no. makes me live my life much differently. No, you know? I, I would never presume, never yeah. presume to tell someone not to allow the power of someone's life to affect how they will be. I, I, I've had too many powerful things like that happen in my own. I've seen it for others. I've never been where you are. No, yeah. I'm not going to say, I would never say live without him. Um, I just wondered what he'd say about your part in things too, because I've I've known you a while now. And uh, I never knew Ian, but I know you, you're pretty great. <laughs> so, and I know he's a part of that, but so is Jackie. So thanks for being you in my life and the life of other people. Um, I know you, uh, you found ways since to change a lot of things in your life around the impact this has had on you, your sense of perspective that you've talked about in more general terms. So you've also done some very specific things related to addiction. Um, you know, tell people about that for a second. Yeah, actually, like, it's funny, you know, we talked about like all the esports and uh, gaming industry and like anime industry stuff I do, but I actually work with the Asian American Drug Abuse Program here in Los Angeles. And um, they raise awareness about drug abuse. They um, help addicts. They, they provide counseling, like all these inpatient services. Um, they do community outreach. Like they're an amazing organization. And um, to be honest, like I, I spoke at a press conference for LA County Public Health. And um, I was like, I, I want to do more. Like I want, I want to, you know, this actually was the first time that I felt like I was making a difference. You know what I mean? Was speaking at that press conference about Ian and um, you know how government institutions are like, there was just, there was no way to really like fit me in to help them in any way. They were like, sorry, we can't really like figure this out, you know? Um, yeah. But one person who was watching the press conference was um, one of the head community organizers for the Asian American drug abuse program. And uh, she was like, really moved by what I said. And I was like, Hey, like if you guys ever need help with social media, um, or just like, you know, 
like, let's be honest, social media is a nightmare, Jared, you and I both know this. It's like, it's like, it's such a part of our being, but it's like, we hate it and we love it. And it's like some, it's this unnecessary evil. Right. And, um, they were like, can you help us, um, you know, with our social media and reaching the youth? And I was like, well, a hundred percent, like, I would love to do that, you know? So I actually work with them, um, like weekly, like it, it's like one of my part-time jobs actually. Cause again, you know, we have all these gigs, um, and one of my part-time jobs is working as a social media consultant for the Asian American drug abuse program. And so it's funny. I got these like 60 year olds making TikToks, and like, you know what I mean? Like I'm helping them find ways to, you know, like advance their social media. And like, we've turned their, actually, this is kind of cool. We have a, a mental health uh, month stream coming up on May 18th. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. And actually like, I should talk to you more about it, but we just got a handful of streamers to, you know, share the tiltify and just stream and try to raise awareness about mental health and mm-hmm. drug abuse awareness and stop Asian hate. And, um, you know, like I'm just, just honestly working with them and I tell them this all the time. Like, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I love hosting. Like there's something really great about hosting, but, um, when I work with them, like that fills my heart more than anything. Like, you know what I mean? Like my work with them, I, I do feel like I'm making a difference, you know, and we're actually like doing something that could really positively affect people's lives. And so that work really resonates with me more than anything. And it's probably, you know, like, obviously like E3, huge accomplishment. I've, I've done things that like people would only dream of, but, um, for me, this, this part-time little gig is like one of the bigger accomplishments of my life. That's great. I, I'm so glad to hear you say that. And I'm going to, I hope people, uh, can you, can you throw the, can you throw the Twitter handle out so people can follow it? Yeah. It's, um, it's, a D A A P I N C it's called ADAP Inc. And it stands for the Asian American uh, drug abuse program. I might've said that wrong. It was A A D A P I N C. Sorry. There's a lot Sorry. of A's. It doesn't, doesn't. Yeah. That, it's not one that quite rolls off the tongue. The, but, and uh, now we know why, and this is a social media consultant for them. I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, no, they're they're great. So yeah, no, it's 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 one of the. I mean, SEO and and the rest of it is just how how many different nightmares have we all lived? I know. And trying to, we were trying to work on an Instagram handle for them forever, and I'm just like, all I can say is social media, man. You and I know more than anything. Like I'm just like this thing gives me a headache. But again, it's the world. The biggest that it is. It is the world. But it's like. I am really, really proud of the people that I work with because like, you know, for us, it's so second nature, you know, to be posting and and really active and everything like that. Um, but you know, one thing that really shocked me about working with them is that, um, a lot of people are really shy and not confident in themselves and their abilities. And like, I was like, you can make a TikTok. Like, yeah, you can make an Instagram post and yes, you can let your heart shine through, through these, through this content. You know what I mean? And I think that it's, it's kind of interesting that there was a time when you had to be, when you were a content creator, you'd think like, oh, it's gotta be this like glamorous supermodel, like Olivia Munn or Jessica Chova, right? Like that's who I think of, you know, but it's like really, everyone wants to hear from everyone. We want to hear everyone's stories. You know what I mean? Um, and that's, that's kind of the cool thing about social media now is like, I think that before to be a public figure, you kind of like need to be real fancy. Right. But now it's like, you never know what could go viral or, you know what I mean? It's like, 
that's why I don't know. I'm my point here is like Jared was candid about his feelings and it hit me. And I feel like anyone can be candid about their feelings and you're going to affect someone. You know what I mean? Like you don't need to be Ben Affleck. You don't need, I mean, mind you, if you're Ben Affleck, you obviously have like a huge footprint, but it's like, when people <laughs> come to you, be, be open. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, be candid because you never know who you're going to end up having an impact on, you know? I, I honestly, I often find myself compared to Olivia Munn. I was, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but she and I were the finalists for Psylocke and she just edged <laughs> me out. Okay. That's the, of course. Um, duh. Yeah, she was I mean, better with the sword in the end. That was that was really, really yeah. oh the swordsmanship got you, huh? Yeah, and you know, good for Olivia. I mean, definitely. Yeah, right. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, they uh, messed up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so she no, she was great. Um she was great. And I'm sorry, the Psylocke outfit, Jared. I love you to pieces. I don't know if you could have pulled it off as well as Olivia. So <laughs> yeah, I think she probably had uh Probably had an advantage on that. I, I oh Lord! There, um, I've got uh, I've got some questions. You were talking about social media. You asked too for some questions uh, from some some of your folks. We always have a few questions for the guests here at the end, and I think we've reached that time in the in the show. So let's ask Jackie a few things about Jackie. Why don't you uh, Why don't you pull a couple of those up from your Instagram? And I've got several here from uh, from some folks on the Patreon and also on Twitter. If okay. you want to back the show, uh, if you listen to this on Top 100 Games podcast or on the Pockets Full of Soup uh, stream either or um, feed, either one, I make both shows. If you want to back them, patreon.com slash Jared Petty, uh, please do, uh, because I like making them. And uh, it's it's nice if you choose to do that. Uh, and a few of these uh, questions are from there. But what do you got, Jackie? Any you want to bring up? Or? Okay, so... Games or anime you thought to be uninteresting but ended up loving? Oh, that's Ooh. that's a good question. Yeah. Oh, that's a really really good question. Like, I think I'm going to be into this, and he's like, I am totally into this. Yeah, I'm trying. So, anime actually recently, Odd Taxi. Um, and Jared, I don't know how much anime you watch, but you actually might really like this one. Um, okay. It's about this. It's anthropomorphic. Um, so like, you know, the characters are all like part human, part animal. Um, and it's focused on a cab driver who is a walrus and he's a little bit like, um, you know, he's a little grumpy, but he's somehow lovable. And he has these people come in and out of his cab. And there's just like these ridiculous stories that come out of it, you know? Um, no, I'm, I'm totally sold on this. Like, is it a yeah. cab with the doilies and everything and the, like, it's, yeah, it's like honestly, um, I the only way I can think of to describe it is it's like kind of like Quentin Tarantino took over an anthropomorphic anime. Like that's it's like the conversations are so awkward and unusual. And I'm like, oh, I'm yeah, odd and taxi. So, you say it's called odd taxi. Yeah, okay. and um, it's it's a little bit like I we all know if you ever watch any anything anime related, like any video or podcast, I'm on whatever. Like I am straight shown and seen in. Like I love blowing things up action scenes you know blood a little bit more on the gory side so this is was not my cup of tea at all but I just threw it on to throw it on and then I was like this is actually really amusing and interesting and apparently like um there's a mystery aspect to it as well I don't want to give too much away but that was one that was definitely not my cup of tea when it came to anime and I've actually been pleasantly surprised by it 
the game one, I'm like, kind of like, I'm trying to think of like a game that I played where I was like, I don't think I'm going to like this. And I ended up loving it, man. Um, yeah, these can sneak out. I hate to say this. I hate saying this. Like I'm going to get like, people are going to come at me for this, but, um, I had never played Final Fantasy VII. I had played um, Final Fantasy VIII, you know, on SNES, Final Fantasy II. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I played Final Fantasy III. So, like, I'd played them, but I yeah. Final Fantasy VII was my blind spot, right? Okay. And my whole stream was like, you got to play, you got to play Final Fantasy VII. And I was like, okay, we'll play. And we started off, and I hated Cloud. I did not want to F with Cloud. I thought well, he was Cloud a jerk. Is- He's, He's a very unlikable person. Yeah. 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 So I was like, why am I playing this? I don't like the protagonist at all. And um, it, I'll be honest, in my opinion, it was a little bit slow in the beginning, but holy crap, did that thing take off? And I just fell in love with that game. Like I fell in love was with it. it and- was it, was it Aerith and Tifa that brought you in eventually or um, uh- God Barrett, I think. Ah, there you go. I loved okay. him. I All loved right. him. Um, I mean, Aerith and Tifa were like fantastic. You know who actually got me? I think it was Jesse. Oh, and she okay. apparently yeah. she didn't really have much of a role in the original, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, but Jesse's for some, way played up in the in the remake. Yeah. Yeah. So like in the remake, I think it was like her death scene really got to me. Um, and, and it was funny because they were like, oh, this is like all new content. But um, yeah, I found Cloud incredibly unlikable. And I was like, I don't know why I'm playing this anymore. And it ended up being, honestly, that game got me through COVID. That was like right in the middle of COVID. And I was like, ah. really living in a one bedroom by yourself. Like it was lonely times. But my stream and I, we got through Final Fantasy VII together. And I, I know that's kind of a weird answer, but like that one really, really hit me. No, that's, that's a, actually a great answer. I, I really glad you brought that out that it surprised you because seven is seven is all there's a lot to say about seven you know what this is yes. the final fantasy seven cast we're not going to unpack it zach rules cloud sucks that's all i'm going to say all right let's yes. see Moving on. um here's a here's a few for you uh while you're looking up another one there um mm-hmm. uh, mark asks uh, what's your favorite fan art of you oh my gosh um Look, this is going to sound weird. I actually have it up on that shelf there. And I like was like, okay, this is like a photo of myself. And that's like weird to put up. Like, I thought that was weird. Like, I was like, no one has like a photo up of themselves. Right. But then I felt bad because it was like sitting in this folder and it's beautiful. You know what I mean? And so um, actually it's a fan. His name is like Shevernazi. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right, but um, he drew me and I-, I was in a Tachi cosplay. That's Sasuke's brother from Naruto, which I'm cosplaying right now. But I was in that um, cosplay and he kind of recreated the um, image, the like selfie I took. And he- it's really, really beautiful painting. And so awesome. um, that is easily my favorite fan art but um he's that same person has redrawn me as like Todoroki and I think he's like done some (laughs) of my other cosplay but he mailed me that beautiful painting and like I I, like I said at first I was like this is weird but I was like that's got to go up like it's just it's so beautiful and honestly humbling like I was like that took so much time for him to make and and it's beautiful like it can't just sit in a folder you know so that's great uh Tyler wants to know what's the best compliment you've ever received If um, someone tells me that they, that I help them get out of a low point like that, that always melts my heart. And um, 
you know, when every time I post something about Ian, I'm, I'm shocked by how many people reach out to me and say, Hey, like I had a family member pass away. Um, and you changed my, my life with your post. And I'll be like, wow, like, how did I have that much of an impact? Um, you know, and, but it, I think it's just like I said, when I saw you posting about your stuff, it allowed me to have conversations about it. And when you have a conversation about that stuff, it, it helps with the healing. So like, I think that when they saw me talking about it openly, they decided to be open and have those conversations with people in their family. And it really helped them all heal, you know? Yeah. And it's like, why were we all keeping this all inside in the first place? You know? So like Jared, seriously props to you, like, look at the chain reaction here. Um, but I, I've, I always get really humbled and I'm like, you know, I I'm in the position where I'm at for a reason, you know, um, I, I have a small following, but it makes me happy that like they're, they're dedicated and that they appreciate my, my openness about mental health. And, and that those are easily when I, I, I see people be like, Hey, like you helped me have a conversation with my brother, my strange brother, or I hadn't talked to my mom in a few years. And I'm, and then your post made me realize like, I should just talk to him like that. That will always make me be like, Okay. Like, thank you. Thank you. That's the biggest compliment easily. Yeah. Amanda wants to know if you could take a vacation inside a book, which would you choose? Oh my gosh. That's a tough question. And Uh, manga totally count too. Manga totally count. Oh man. Honestly, I, for some reason, the first thing that came to my mind was animal crossing, but then I think I'd get annoyed because like all of them talk in those weird tones and like, I hate that. Um, (laughs) Sorry, but I was like, oh, Animal Crossing would be nice. I think like the Moon Kingdom from Sailor Moon. I know this sounds so silly, but it's like, it's on the moon and they all dress in like gorgeous gowns and they're all like beautiful and living this like luxurious princess life. Like I have no idea why that came into my head second, but either of those I would gladly take if I can put them on mute in Animal Crossing world. You do either one of those. Uh, (laughs) Dave Brander asks, cat, dog, or chicken? What was the last one? Chicken. Cat, dog, or chicken. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, did he say that? He did, um, yeah. I'm living on a farm right now, so we have more, no cats and no dogs here, but we have several. Well, there's a dog now, but now we have several chickens. So Wow. Yeah, okay, yeah. so low-key, I'm jealous, because I'll be honest, I love eggs. So okay. I would like I would put be putting that chicken to work. I'm sorry, but like that's always been my dream to have like a chicken and just like have unlimited eggs, right? They're really good eggs. Oh, I'm sure. Chickens. Yeah, we're staying we're we're staying on a farm right now for a little while during during COVID. And that's a, so a, cool. A place and yeah, we got some pretty good eggs here. So cat, dog, or chicken? I'm gonna say cat, but chicken would be a close second. And I've never grown up with dogs, so like people are always like, it's funny because like. I, I think dogs are really cute. Like I love watching dog videos and like, they're uh, like adorable, but it's my friends always laugh at me whenever I'm interacting with the dog. Cause I'm like, hi, how are you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I don't quite get it. You know what I mean? Cause like, I grew up with a cat who is like my life. Um, his name was Shalau Taozi and he lived for 20 long years, you know? Um, and I haven't honestly, like I didn't get over him, you know? So, um, uh, but I, I cats definitely resonate with me a lot. Chicken is second though. So yeah, it's a tough one. <laughs> uh, I've got a few more here, but I want, I want to be polite on your time. How are you doing on time? Um, um I actually probably have to go soon, but we can okay. do one more. We want to do one more. All right. Well, we got to do that. We got to do the staples and cake or pie. Okay. Oh, cake, chocolate cake, a hundred percent. 
Okay. What is best sandwich? Corned beef with sauerkraut. Oh, I'm nice. such a weirdo. No, I love it. I love it. Okay, I, thanks. Oh, yeah. No, I am with you. What's the bread on that one for you? I was going to say rye. Is that right? It's like that's the brownish perfect. bread. Yes. Okay. That's right. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I was like, is that the right? Pumpernickel's not bad either, but yeah. Uh, Ryan from Twitter. What's your favorite moment of anime you've ever seen? Oh, without a doubt. Um, the cathedral scene um, in Cowboy Bebop between Vicious and Spike. It is easily like one of the best cinematic scenes I've seen period not just for anime like just period uh I I randomly watch that scene over and over again like yeah. I'll just be like I'm gonna watch the cathedral scene from Cowboy Bebop so it's so incredible I'm with I you. know first time I saw Love that it. I wept like a baby um <laughs> let's see what do we have here uh what do you love about Rainbow Six Siege oh my god the community the nice. community I mean like First of all, um, I absolutely loved all the people that I work love, still love all the people that I worked with. Um, the, the, the on-camera crew is just like, they're just the funniest guys. They're amazing. They're awesome. But that community welcomed me with open arms and were so loving and sweet to me. And I was so nervous about, um, desk hosting for them because that's a very difficult game. I don't know if you've ever played, um, there is like more than 50 operators. They all have different utility. Um, you got to know the maps inside and out. You have to be a very skilled first person shooter. Um, it, it was a really tough game, but the community was always like, we love you. Oh, I would make great. a mistake and they would be like, we still love you. And um, honestly, like I'm not, I'm not desk hosting for siege anymore, but like I do some like ancillary stuff and like some video projects for them. And I'm always happy to be like a part of the community in some way, because they're always just like so sweet to me and kind to me. Like, I, I love you guys. Siege community. You're All right. Best. Last, last one. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Very last one. Uh, what, you got a question for me? Anything you want to ask for you? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I want to know what's your favorite anime. Oh, okay. Um, probably. And you got to sell this right now, like sell this to the listeners. And me. Right, I'm I'm, I wonder it. if I've seen it, but my all-time favorite anime is about a eight-minute short called "She and Her Cat." Not the remake, although I also like that. But the original, about six eight-minute black and white short called "She and Her Cat," which mm -hmm. is about a single woman in Japan living with a cat that very much loves the lady he lives with who mm -hmm. is going through a breakup and the cat is in love with her and knows that she loves him and it's all told from a cat's self-absorbed perspective and the <laughs> human's kind of on the periphery of it the art is gorgeous and it's not very common to see black and white anime and it's really 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 well done and stylistic the writing is very poignant. It's sweet. It's short. It gets what it needs to get done, and then it moves on. And it's about heartbreak and affection and the people we turn to, or the not people we turn to when we're in our greatest pain. And I, it's my favorite piece of anime. Um, you know what? I've heard of that one before, for sure. Like, yeah. I've definitely heard of it. And I think I might have seen the newer one, but mm -hmm. I didn't know there was a black and white version. Like, yeah, now they, I made, a, see they that. made a series out of it, but there's like an original short. I'm big on shorts um, and, and like one shot OVAs. Yeah. Like, I like a lot of that kind of stuff. I do watch series, um, but I'm pickier about my series. I, I, I tend to be. Uh, I tend to be fairly concise with my anime time. And so I do lean a lot into 
It's the same reason I love music videos. It's just like things that kind of hit me in the mouth really quick and then move on. I watch Mickey Mouse shorts for the same reason, like like short cartoons. I, I just love that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, Aww. check it out, Jackie. That's my favorite anime. Uh, yes, please share. If I don't know if it's on YouTube or anything, but I'll find it. I'll find it. Yes. It Thank you for giving up so much of your time tonight. We went a little over, and I apologize. I should have been watching the clock more carefully. Um, no worries. Always a pleasure. Um, thank you, f- friends, for listening, watching yet again. Jackie, um, you've already shouted out your Patreon, but one more time, let us know where you can go and support the stuff you make. Yeah, it's um, patreon.com slash Jackie Jing. And um, like I said, it's just like a great little community, essentially, the Jing Dynasty. And we geek out about everything, video games, um, anime, comic book movies and shows, um, action movies and shows, like whatever we really want to talk about. And uh, I also stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Jackie Jing on Monday or not Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays, usually around 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And um, yeah, like, please check me out on either of those. That would be awesome. So and this summer we'll be watching you, Greg Miller and Gold Boy hosting E3. So congratulations Yay. on that. I can't wait thank to see how you. it comes out. Aww. Friends, thank you. And uh, We'll see you next time. Night.